Live from Casa del Rio in Nashville, Tennessee, just down the river from the Grand Ole Opry, it's The Dreamer's Road with Stephanie Urbina-Jones and the Honky Tonk Mariachi. Grab a seat, grab a drink, saddle up, and let's take a ride down this Dreamer's Road. Vamanos, y'all. Hola, mis amigos. Stephanie Urbina-Jones here, and I have a special guest here in the house, Patterson Barron. <laughs> guys, we have the most exciting show for you today. One of my amigas de corazón, my a Latina rock star. I love her so much. Tisha Nahosa is going to be joining us. But before we get there, I'm going to sing a little song with Patterson about gypsy dreams. Let's go! Woo! If you look in her eyes, you can see the moon arise on the Christmas day. Till the wind and the grass watch a thunderstorm pass across the Texas plains. Deep down in her heart is the sound of guitar, it's her tail She's always dancing, forever romancing with the Welcome to the Dreamers Road. I have really enjoyed bringing you the show, these stories of all these great dreamers, each one chosen, curated, so to speak, from my heart because they've moved mine. And I hope their story moves yours. Alexis, I'm so excited to bring you this woman. She has been on my radar, living in my heart since I was you know, in high school, to be honest with you, growing up, small town, Latina girl, there was very few of us that were musicians, poets, country music stars, and covering all stages all over the world. When I moved to Austin after I grew up in the small town of Fredericksburg, there she was, this gorgeous Latina, not only making music, but she was on the side of the truck. She was her face, her, her spirit, her heart was on the Corona trucks down on 6th Street. And over time, uh, I just followed her. I was, a, I was a giant starstruck fan, to be really honest with you all. As fate would have it, a few years down the road, 
one very special night. Um, it was the Latina night at the Bluebird, and the Bluebird had asked me to gather some some of my amigas, some some friends that could come and we could share and celebrate the Hispanic heritage. And so I called Patricia Vaughn and Patricia said, hey, let's call Tish Hinojosa. I'm like, what, Tish Hinojosa? Really, you know her? She's like, yeah, we met in Germany. And she called Tish and like within an hour, it was on. And so I guess about two and a half years ago, our dreamers road crossed in person at the Bluebird Cafe. And you guys, that night was so special. Um, I've played there before, I've had the honor, but this Latina night with uh, this gentleman, also James Slater, people were dancing on the pews at the Bluebird. It was really magic happening. And before we knew it, within a few weeks, we realized, oh my gosh, we've got to make music. And so we did. We have made a lot of music and a lot of joy. And we have become amigas de corazón, friends of the heart. You're going to get to know a lot about Tishinahosa through this next hour together. But before we get there, I want to show you where our roads came together here with our sister, Patricia Vaughn, and in honor of International Women's Day, celebrating women, the best friends. I mean, I hate to say this, girls, but sometimes men come and go, but Amigas de Corazón are there forever. Here's Tisha Nahosa, Patricia Vaughn, and Stephanie Urbina Jones, the Texacana Mamas, Amigas de Corazón.
<laughs> we had so much fun making that quarantine video. Um, but long before there was the Texacana Mamas, there was this beautiful woman, young woman, Latina from San Antonio, Texas, Tishinahosa. She was taking not only Texas, the country, country music, but the world by storm and was opening hearts and mind with her stories, with sharing about her culture, showing, sharing about the things that she loved and the things that mattered. By the time I met her or came to know of her, I remember seeing this video right here. And I too, my family from the west side of town. Here's a video, Tish Hinojosa. Now here's Tish Hinojosa. Good luck. 
I just love that song and love watching her. You know, she was and is loved and respected by, you know, so many musicians and artists in, in all different genres, which you're going to get to hear about. But I really loved uh, and wanted to share with y'all a video uh, where she is so playfully um, enjoying and, and singing with some of Texas' very best. Mr. Joey Lee is in this next video the late Hal Ketchum, and one of my favorite artists, songwriters, Mr. Um, Mr. Kevin Welch. So you guys check this, this next video out, uh, Tish Hinojosa.
Wow. I hope y'all enjoyed that as much as I did. I'm not through loving you yet. What a hit song with amazing artists. You guys, I'm so honored tonight to introduce you to my Amiga de Corazon. Mike's going to show us a few pictures as I introduce Miss Tish Hinojosa. Tish Hinojosa is a singer-songwriter from Austin, Texas. Hinojosa's blend of folk, country, Latino, and pop has an undeniable far-reaching appeal, garnering her accolades such as a White House concert at the invitation of President and Mrs. Clinton, and teaming up with artists such as Joan Baez, Booker T. Jones, Flaco Jimenez, Pete Seeger, and Dwight Yoakam. She's recorded as an independent artist, as well as for A&M, Warner Brothers, and Rounder Records, and has been a featured artist on Austin City Limits, a Prairie Home Companion, and other NPR programs. With 17 CDs to her name, Tish Hinojosa's distinct sound has gained her much critical acclaim. Tish has toured extensively throughout the U.S. and Europe and continues to draw a loyal and growing audience. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce you to Miss Tish Hinojosa. Hola! Hola, mi amiga de corazón. Hola, mi amiga de corazón. It's so good to see you, Tish. How are you doing? Doing great. Well, you know, actually, things are getting better. They you are. Know, yeah. Are. It's We're, a new year. It's the 2021 is so significantly more wonderful than, you know, actually, even small things. Even though we had this big Texas thing that happened couple of weeks ago when we all suffered a lot through it, but you know, things in the world are just getting better and the COVID thing is getting better. And, you know, hopefully we're all going to be able to finally tour as the Texicana mamas. Absolutely. We made a plan two years ago. Absolutely. Well, we will talk about that. It's been such an amazing gift for me as you've heard me talk about you to you. get to know you and to make music with you and to write with you. Oh, my God. You are, you know, you don't know about writing with people until you actually write with them. You don't know. And I know now you you are so gifted. I mean, it just you dream songs. And uh, I just it love what I get to work with. I get to work with Stephanie Urbina Jones. <laughs> And we can like write a song in like 30 minutes. <laughs> we can, we can, we have more to make. Well, we're going to get to that, but I really, Tish, you know, I, you know, I get to spend time with you, but I don't get to really know the back, the insider story, you know, what really made and shaped you. I'm getting chills as I say that. Um, I, I, I want to know. So let's start with where, it, where you started. Let's start from where you were born and obviously on the west side of San Antonio, what what was it like your childhood? What shaped you? And, you know, I, I also, before I get going, I want to tell you that one of my friends, her son, who's 25, you're one of his all time favorite artists. He just thinks you're magic, which you are. Something happens to you when you sing. So what made you? What made Tisha Nahasa that? Well, I'm the youngest of 13 in my family. And, you know, we were, you know, my dad was a, you know, mechanic, auto mechanic. And, but he always worked and, you know, he managed to keep us afloat. And, you know, my parents made very sure that we got Catholic school education and we got music lessons. We had, you know, we, we got everything that anybody could possibly have. 
and uh, my mother was very influential in you know in all of that but early on the thing that caught my ear was because my parents are both from Mexico from my dad from Tamaulipas my mom from Coahuila they met in San Antonio and he was a widower with seven children and he met her who had a 2-year-old and then they decided to form a family so they had eight automatic children and then suddenly they have five daughters that come into the picture so you know we all love each other as a family we're not like you know them and us or anything like that it's like all of us adore the fact that we're all connected and um music was such a big an uh, important thing because my mom as a as a young woman wanted she had a voice and every time i've explored her history with relatives and some of her friends from where she grew up you know she had the best voice and she sang in their choir and you know she had dreams of studying opera and stuff but you know her life just wasn't she had a very difficult life and she ended up coming to San Antonio to look for work and so she gave up that dream and the only ones that got to hear her sing was us and she would sing us these classic songs like estrellita or historia de un amor or you know we would just and she'd sing them a cappella for us mm. and also the the mexican radio station was always tuned uh, to kcor where they played different programs it was all kind of like european radio stations do like you know they had the the Tejano radio hour they had the classic radio hour they had the tropical radio hour and then they'd say the rosary. <laughs> wow. It's kind of crazy. Awesome. You know, yeah, I know. Crazy. The red, the rosary was always at 6 p.m. Like, anyway, but the the songs we got to hear all day long and me as the youngest um, you know, like I got to stay home and listen to mostly my mother and her comadres speaking mm-hmm. Spanish and that mexican radio in the background in our in the kitchen and mm-hmm. i my my ear was more tuned to the radio than to the gossip that they were talking about mm-hmm. and i just loved it and to me that's what started my like love of love of music and love of mexican music and it just felt so natural to me wow then, yeah so that that was my beginning of of music and but i didn't realize that i had talent until i became a teenager you know i mean i loved singing along to pop radio like everybody else did but um what was what happened tell us what happened when i entered my freshman year of high school uh, my friend becky who taught me to play my first guitar chords and you know they were playing the folk mass that was when they you know you could have folk mass because we went to church every morning and uh <clears throat> she said my god tish you have a vibrato <laughs> what's that right is it is it dangerous <laughs> i didn't know and she said oh my gosh you really have a voice i got i don't know like anyway so i quickly learned i mean guitar playing came really easy to me and singing all those beautiful songs of the early 70s that we sang in church actually you know at that time like you know Paul Simon and Simon and Garfunkel bridge over troubled waters and you know just all that stuff was like 
it was like that became just like the the, the life of my music. And mm. so my entire high school life became my music. Mm. You know, some of my studies suffered a little bit, but a lot of my teachers were very good about um, letting me focus on, you know, we were, this was the seventies, right? So, you know, they would say, okay, Tish is kind of a special student. She's not really great at math or <laughs> Or, or algebra, <laughs> you know, like for English class, they'd say, "Okay." My teacher would say, "Okay, do the here's here's a project that you you know go do some research." And and I did this entire. I, I got to do a whole presentation in a lecture hall for all my fellow students about the history of American music from Civil War to present. Wow. And I brought up these songs and I got my friends to come up on stage in the lecture room. And we sang all these beautiful lullabies from the Civil War. And, you know, like, it was an amazing, you know, it's like, I like, Mm -hmm. I know, I understand music and I understand the history for some crazy reason. It's like, Anyway, so that was my, that's kind of how I got it. Wow, that is so cool. It's like the the dreamer's road really was opening up for you. These little cosmic breadcrumbs were already happening in your heart and along the way. So then what happened? Like, so then how did you get to Nashville? How did, was that the next thing? Was it the Kerrville Folk Festival? Was it Nashville? Kerrville Folk Festival. They had a songwriting, you know, the songwriting competition. I don't know. I don't like the word competition, but the songwriting, you know, whatever. And when I was about 20 years old and I, I dreamed of this, like I thought, oh my God, I love this Kerbal folk thing, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know how to write songs. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I, I sang every song. I sang all the Joni Mitchell, Linda Ronstadt, mm-hmm. you know, James Taylor, Carly Simon, you know, like, you know, on the Riverwalk. Cause I got a job wow. on the Riverwalk for a couple of years. And then, you know, then I'm saying, I'm, but I'm not a songwriter. But then Rod Kennedy, the director of the Kerbal Folk Festival, came out where I was going to San Antonio College. San Antonio College. <laughs> it's my college. I'm going to college. Anyway, I was going to college at San Antonio College. And uh, he came because they started this, like, they had a coffee house session there, kind of like the Bluebird. Mm-hmm. They had a coffee you know, house thing. And the woman, the the director of the of the you know the the student union thing, said, "Okay, I like the way you sing. It's like you can do every Friday for fifty dollars. You know, you have your own slot." I said, "Okay." So I'm so glad. It's like wow, wow, wow. So I'm there. Then Rod Kennedy comes and hears me sing, and I'm singing like folk songs and da, 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 like you know like whatever. And then he says. I would love, and for one thing, I thought he was God, you know. Of course, he, yes. I came to listen to me. <laughs> right. San Antonio right. College. Like I said, oh, my God. And then he sat down with me. He said, well, he said, I'd love, you know, I'd love to have you play at the Kerrville Folk Festival, but we were a songwriter festival. Like, we honor songwriters, so you have to start writing songs. So I suggest you, you know, get busy and start writing some songs so that we can, you know, I thought, I said, I never thought I was a songwriter. Never. 
You know, I wanted to be Linda Ronstadt. I wanted to be like, I wanted to be a popular singer. Mm-hmm. And somebody would someday like happen upon the river walk and say, oh, she's a great singer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's sign her to a record deal. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like that's going to happen. But anyway, I said, okay. So I wrote a few songs and I entered them into the songwriting contest and I'll be damned if I was one of the two winners. I mean, actually they chose oh. winners that year, 1979. Wow. John Ims, who actually went on to, to write the great um, pop hit for um, Married to... Um, Okay. <laughs> no, no. What's your name? Oh my gosh, Trish, Trisha Yearwood. Trisha Yearwood. John Ims. Yeah. Oh my goodness. John Ims, that he's in love with the girl. You know. Anyway. I love that John song. That song. And wow. I, and I both won that ninety because they couldn't decide. Well, that's and I both won that one year at, at the. So to me, that just gave me confidence. It just that was that was your that was really the next start and the next cause. That's just amazing. That story. That I never step. knew that. That was the next step to my career. The next step, and, and I have to I actually call myself a songwriter. I said, okay, right. I'm a songwriter. So I, I moved to northern New Mexico, and had I bought a piano, and my piano became my big instrument, and I wrote my first song, Amanecer, which I wrote for my mother because I missed her. And it's a it's a really sweet song. And that will always be like kind of my first real song because it's appeared on a couple of my records. And Amanecer is about daybreak oh. and thinking about someone that you've left. And I felt really bad because I was the youngest of my family and I was the last to leave home. And I felt that I had kind of abandoned my mom to oh. My dream of music, and, but in New Mexico, I totally got into country music. And Michael Martin Murphy, who was the big star in the in the area, and he hired me to be his back backup singer. And so, you know, and then I traveled in the bus with him. And then, you know, he and I would have like nice conversations about like, you know, you're no hanky panky. <laughs> By then I was married and I had my son, Adam, who was born in Nashville in 1984. And, but he was, he was such a wonderful mentor to me. And he introduced me to people in Nashville, like, you know, at Mel Tillis's publishing company, which then they hired me because they liked one of my songs. And they said, we like the way you sing too. So if you'll just move here, we'll hire you to like be our in-house demo singer. I said, wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, you know, so that's kind of how things evolved. It's like, I had no idea I was going to have a, a, a future in country music. That's just, but, I mean, that is so amazing. I love to hear this story and I love that you just like pulling the thread and really letting people hear how the magic happens, you know, we just show up with our heart. There you are at the San Antonio you College doing what you love. Right. Rod Kennedy, you moved to there was there's a bigger plan at play here. And then you're in Nashville and you're a demo singer. And then and then what? And then what happened? Tim? After that, well, then I was like singing back up for, for you know, Michael Murphy. And 
But then the producers at Mel Tillis's, you know, who they produced all the demo sessions was Buddy Cannon. And Buddy became like he said, okay, you're going to be the artist. I want to be the producer. We're going to like do these sessions where you're going to sing these great old songs, like old country songs, Kitty Wells, you know, Webb Pierce. And we're going to pitch you because we want to re-promote this old, and you sing really great old country. And I said, okay, I'm new to it, but I think I can do it. And so we, so Buddy Cannon and I were a package. Like he wanted, he started pitching us to record labels in Nashville as him as producer and me as a singer. Wow. But we fell on our face because none of them really (laughs) wanted it. And that was really sad. It was really sad because, you know, Buddy and Billy, his wife, were like my son's extra parents. Like, Buddy, Billy took care of Adam every time we were at the studio. And I really wanted to make this Nashville thing work. But somehow, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was not the right time. You know, they didn't sign as many women. I was a woman of color. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought my Spanish would be an addition to, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we talked about changing my last name. Wow. You know, like I said, what last name am I going to pick? Like, right. Who am I going to be? Who am I going to be? Like, I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything. Buddy couldn't think of anything. It's like, this is my name. This is my name. I'm going to say it. So that's kind of how, so the national thing didn't work out. And I went back to New Mexico and then back to Austin. And it just ended up that like crazy thing that happened in New Mexico where I was playing at this club for a long time. And I heard that the guy that was hosting that played there most of the time, because now this country dancing, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like the second person that had the biggest audience at the club. And now I had two children, 1987, 88. And I asked for a raise from the club because I heard that he was making a lot more money than I was. <laughs> good for you. I said, okay, I draw in a pretty good, a really decent, and I work really hard. And plus I'm raising two kids, mm-hmm. you know, babies. Like I'm still breastfeeding. Jesus Christ. Come on. A little bit more. But anyway, I was totally turned down. And that just like changed everything. It changed everything. That's when my husband Craig decided, we both decided law school for him so he can be a real law school and you know get be able to be a you know strong manager. And me like, okay, like I'm gonna become a better artist, like I already know I'm a good songwriter at this point. Now I have two kids and we're really poor and we're being denied something important. And so we just left, went back to San Antonio where I took care of my mom who was really falling ill. And I'm so glad we had that opportunity to spend with my son who was a baby, her last like nine months of her life you know, with our family and we lived with her. And then 
you know, after that, it was just like moving to Austin. So it was like, okay, the reason I never moved to Austin before was because Austin's a songwriter town. Mm-hmm. And I never thought myself as a songwriter. I was, I was not a Willie Nelson. I was not, you know, you know, Guy Clark or, you know. <laughs> like just, you are to me, but that's what you were thinking and maybe at the time. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I said, well, but now I actually have the Kerbal Folk Festival Award. Right. So now I am officially a songwriter. So I can move to Austin. I can do this. And then first thing happens, like I moved to, we moved to Austin. Craig got accepted to the UT Law School. I got gigs with like everybody, like everybody wanted, like all my favorite musicians, Joe Ely, Butch Hancock, Jimmy Gilmore, like, you know, they all, like we all totally connected. And I got such a great support from all the musicians that it's like, okay, this is the right thing. This is a very good right thing. And then before I know it, I did a showcase at the Bluebird. I didn't know that. Which I had done before. I had done them before and I was so pissed off. I said, damn it, I'm here with my babies. And I booked this showcase at the Bluebird. It was 1988. I took my niece to help me with my children. I, I was so, we were so poor still. And I said, we couldn't afford a hotel. So we drove all the way, stayed with Buddy and Billy. And my my niece came to babysit the babies, and I did my one night at the Bluebird. I said, this is my last time I'm going to do this. And there was a showcase. It was myself. It was um, a couple of other artists. And I said, I'm just going to do my little set and leave, go back home, and, you know, that's it. But the weird thing was Patrick Clifford was in the audience, and he's the A&M Records guy that was searching for artists. And he came to me after the show. He said, I like your stuff. That that West Side of Town song is pretty good. Mm-hmm. He said, let me, you know, can you send me a, a, you know, a tape of demos? Like, do you have anything else? So the crazy thing was, I went home and I told, you know, I, I just like, I pulled this card out. I said, you know, Craig, and that, by then I was playing with Marvin already. And I said, hey, Marv, like, you know, we can play. I, I've written more songs, so let's go in. So we found a cheap demo studio in Austin. It's like, let's just give it a try. So I did. It was the west side of town. It was the several songs that ended up being the main songs of my first A&M record. I sent that to Patrick. He, said, he took it to A&M, and they said, yeah, we'll sign her. We'll sign her. <laughs> So they came and picked me up in a limousine <laughs> in an apartment complex. I felt like, you know, I was like, I felt like I was a like, you know, drug dealer person. <laughs> They're picking me up at four o'clock in the morning to, to fly me off to LA to, you know, get acquainted and to like, it's like, I'm going, this is all surreal, really surreal. You know, my babies are sleeping in the apartment and, you know, I'm being picked up by a limousine. <laughs> Like anyway, life was crazy, and from then on, it got crazier. But I did get signed, and I got to make two beautiful records for A and M, and work with Booker T. Jones. I worked with um, Los Lobos, and you know, had just amazing. Everything just like exploded, and then I got a 
you know, famous booking agency. Then I got a famous management agency. And it's like everything like, you know, so my husband's in law school and I'm suddenly my career is like going, so we're both, we're both working really hard at, you know, we have two toddlers and, you know, anyway, but we met, we did history. That is just amazing. Thank you. Like, I've never heard that story and I really appreciate it uh, because I think anybody that's got a dream in their heart, sometimes you just dreams great. Dreams don't always come true because by after my second recording at A&M, they dropped me like that from the label because they changed directions. They went Mm -hmm. with Janet Jackson and they were going, A&M decided to take a totally, and you know, A&M records to me had been this, dream label absolutely every songwriter and every like you know developing you know to me it was about artist development that's what i believed in artists you stick with an artist their first records may not make it but you stick with them and you know they're gonna it's gonna come about like you you what do you call it you encourage them you know you you develop it's called artist development right but suddenly A&M made this really right-hand thing because Janet Jackson wanted to sign with him. I'm not, I'm not sure how all that was, but they dropped me on, like, you know, Booker T had produced my second record and it was wonderful. And, and suddenly just on one day they said before the record was going to be out and tour was already planned, everything. And they just said, Sorry, you're not on the you're not on the label anymore. Well, I can only imagine that that was among the highs and some of the lows that you experienced. Some of the lows, highs and the lows, but through it all, I mean, 17 albums. You played some of the most for me as an artist, like the stages and the moments that are you know, <clears throat> city limits. You know, playing for. President Clinton and having your babies in some ways to me as a woman, you really, I mean, you've been the Latina Loretta Lynn now that I hear your story of hauling your babies in the car. We traveled in Europe, we'd take the kids and the kids got head lice. Oh my God. Some stupid back. Some club that we played in made us stay like in this like kind of creepy place in Norway or something like that. Like we were like in Norway, it was dark, deep, dark winter. And we're with our band and we're with everybody. And it's like, we're staying in this like sleazy place. And I'll be damned like a couple of days later, my kids are like scratching. Oh "Oh my God, we're in in Norway and we have head lice. So we all, all, everybody had to deal with it. Like, I was like, you know, I went to the pharmacy. I had to go like, do this, do that, you know, take them back, do the shower, get the fine tooth combs. Oh my gosh. Yes. Loretta Lynn type of. You You may have the cake with that song. (laughs) Well, listen, I know these people that are here want to hear that many of them know your music already but we would love to hear something from you live. Um, what would you like to play? I would love to sing something for you. Thank the you. Theme, 
Thank you, my, my amiga, hermana, <laughs> Stephanie. Thank you. Um, one of the most important songs, I think, that my, one of my favorites that I've written, because it was really personal, is about my family, my aunt, my mom. You know, they, they did not have a great life in Mexico, and my mom and her sister both came to the United States. Mom came to San Antonio. My tia Fina, Josefina, went to California, and she became a farm worker and raised her children and they had a difficult life and actually a lot of, you know, a lot of difficulty and, and uh, you know, terrible things. We're talking like the 1960s and 70s. And, but my aunt was like such a resilient person and she lived well into her 90s. And I got to see her every time I go to California. And I actually took her to a farm worker. Okay, so the song I'm going to sing is my song I wrote for the farm workers. And because of her story and I took her to a farm worker convention as a, as my guest. And, you know, when they introduced me, I introduced her and uh, I said, this is, this is my person that I admire. And, you know, she's been the resilient person that lived a difficult life and was a farm worker. And like, Oh, my aunt was like, no, she was like, she loved the limelight. She just stood up little viejita, and she was like waving. <laughs> so everybody fell in love with her but anyway this is the song I wrote because I was inspired by her and this is a song about a farm working family it's called There's Something in the Rain Mom and Dad work the fields I don't know how many years I'm just a boy but I know how and go to work when times are slow we have seen our country's roads Bakersfield to Illinois And when troubles come our way Oh yeah, I've seen my daddy pray There's something wrong with little sister I hear her crying by my side Mama shaking as she holds her. We try to hold her through the night. And mom says, close your eyes, mijito. Dream of someplace far from here. Like the pictures in your school books Someday you can take us there There must be something in the rain I'm not sure just what that means Abuelita 
talks of the sins of man, of dust that's in our hands. There must be something in the rain. Well, what else could stop this pain? Those airplanes cure the plants so things can grow. Oh no, must be something in the rain. enjoying Miss Tisha Nahosa. We're here on the Dreamers Road. We're getting an insider's view story of, of my amiga de corazón. And uh, tell me, Tish, so let's talk just a little bit. You know, I asked you about um, many people may or may not know that you have gotten to work with a couple of women. We're celebrating women this month that you really, really respect. You know, you are one of my, you were one of my icons, your icon you actually got to work with. Tell us, tell, tell us about Linda, tell us about Joan Baez, tell Linda us. Linda and Joan, I mean, they were my heroes, you know, when I was a teenager, like, to be like, right, exactly. Like, you know, Joan Baez made me love just music, just, you know, her songs, her voice, her everything. And you know, and at the same time, on the other hand, just a little bit later, came Linda Ronstadt, who was like the 
pop icon, you know, country pop, you know, everything that she was, was amazing. When I heard that, when I learned that she was not only, you know, the pop singer, but Latina and I was like going, oh my God. And then I learned also that Joan Baez had really Latino roots. Yeah. Her father's from Puebla, Mexico, and I have connections to Puebla, Mexico. I'm going, oh my God, we have so many connections. (laughs) Anyway, but in in my life, the wonderful thing was that I got to connect with both of them. Linda Ronstadt getting, you know, being, being contacted by Linda Ronstadt because she wants to record one of my songs was like, like, Wow. <laughs> she wants me to stay at her house and she takes she took me to the to the Lucas Ranch studio wow. where she was recording the song so I could hear her playing you know singing the songs like you know I stayed at her house in you know Pacific Heights San Francisco and she was such a such a beautiful wonderful host and you know around the same time was when Joan Baez was doing her ring them bells record collection and she invited me to sing with her and we recorded at the at the club the it's now closed but the club in new york which the bottom line mm. new york and you know what i had never been to a joan Baez concert and the first time i got to see her was standing behind the screen watching her on stage wow i'm about to go out there and sing. <laughs> with joan. That was wonderful. And then again, you know, I, I got to hang out with Joan and her son. And, you know, I introduced her to Cas- Cascarones. You know? Wow. You brought <laughs> she didn't, she didn't know. It was around Easter time. And I <laughs> didn't know about the, you know, the confetti eggs. And so we went to this diner after the show where we sang together. I said, Joan, I said, I brought you these like Cascarones. I said, you know, it's like they're kind of like the Mexican Easter thing. And she says, oh, great. So she grabs one and she breaks it on my head right there in the restaurant. And luckily, luckily, she's Joan. <laughs> they didn't well, out of the rest. They didn't kick us out. Well, listen, before you put that guitar up, Wait. would you play us that song that Linda Ronstadt? I mean, come on. Talk I would about the curator of, of songs. I mean, for Linda Ronstadt mm-hmm. to cut your song that you wrote. Wow. I'd love to sing the song. It's okay. in Espanol, and the, 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 the theme of the song is crossing the border. It's a person, and they're thinking about their loved one they've left behind and telling them, like, in their thoughts that they're going to, you know, go work and earn money so they can bring their loved ones, so they can have their family together again. You know, this is a very simple song i wrote this song in like 30 minutes it was just like one of those pew, you know just came out but anyway you know this became my linda ronstadt wanted to record this song and i'm so how i was so happy about that she she heard a lot of my songs but this is the one she wanted to record it's called donde voy where i go Me ve corriendo bajo cielo que empieza a color. No salga sol a nombrarme a la fuerza de la migración. Un dolor 
que siento en el pecho es mi alma que hiere de amor. Pienso en ti y tus brazos que esperan tus besos y tu pasión. ¿Dónde voy? ¿Dónde voy? Esperanza es mi destinación. Solo estoy, solo estoy, por el monte profugo voy. Días, semanas y meses pasan muy lejos de ti. Muy pronto te llegará dinero, yo te quiero tener junto a mí. El trabajo me llena las horas, tu risa no puedo olvidar, vivir sin tu amor no es vida. Vivir de profugo es igual. ¿Dónde voy? ¿Dónde voy? Esperanza es mi destinación. Solo estoy, solo estoy. Por el monte profugo voy. ¿Dónde voy? ¿Dónde voy? Esperanza es mi destinación. Solo estoy, solo estoy por el monte profundo voy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Profugo means fugitive. And that's, I think, a lot of how people feel when they're, you know, they don't belong. And, and uh, you know, they feel sad because they don't belong. Mm -hmm. Trying to find a way to, you know, to, to belong. And it's a very sad journey. So anyway, thank you for letting me share that. That is so special. I forget and I hear it. It's just so touching. Well, well you've, written, you, you've written some beautiful songs about passionate songs about crossing the border. So I think the border crossing thing is a, a really important um, issue and image and story that a lot, a lot of cultures have to tell. And that's, you know, yeah. Well, and, and back to Linda Ronstadt, you know, I just wanted to let everybody know that then Tish and I and Patricia Vaughn, the Texacana Mamas, then we recorded a song that Linda wrote, which she's not known for her songwriting, right? And she wrote Lo Siento Mi Vida, yes. which we cut and honored her was so amazing to sing with you on that. So it's a full circle, right? I think we, I think we did. I think we 
paid her a really nice tribute with that. Our, I, when I every time I, if I when I play our CD and listen to that, I think it's uh, you know it's really beautiful. And hear three Latinas singing this harmony in that beautiful song. I think that's like a beautiful tribute to her, her father, and and to Kenny that you know they were they wrote this. She and her father mostly probably wrote this song. So So beautiful. Well, Tish, I want to thank you. We're coming to the end of our interview, but before we, before we part ways uh, tonight, I want to ask you if there's anything, you know, because I know that you're, you're, you've inspired me. Do you have any words, any things that you would share to young dreamers uh, that are, are dreaming anything in their life? You know, that they want to be a lawyer. They they want to write a song. They want to have a baby. They want to create something in their life. What would you say to them? They want to cross the border. <laughs> well, one thing that there's a lot of that. I mean, there's there are so many things still that, you know, so many like rivers to cross is, is another beautiful song. Um, but I think the thing that the, the important thing is to have some faith in yourself, you know, and even though you don't even think that you have something, there is something. And, you know, always pushing the boundaries. That's the important thing. And and for young people, you know, like me, for instance, I never thought I never thought I was going to be a songwriter. I thought I'd be discovered and, you know, yeah, so, you know, she's going to be a singer, you know, popular singer. No, but, but something, Rod Kennedy, for one, pushed mm-hmm. me and said, Hey, you can't play the folk festival if you're not a songwriter. Like, hmm, I never thought about songwriting. So always think about that other possibility. That to me, that's the thing. It's like, you know, don't ever say that you can't do something is to me any any message to anybody. It's like, if you think you can't do something, well then well then it's like, why can't you? How can you do it? Why can't you do it? Why can't you do it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I really, I really, I, I think in the, all the interviews. You've had your, you know, I'm sure you've had experiences like that too, where you push yourself into this place like, okay, I can do this. And I have some, so many funny stories about my mom and her comadres where <laughs> one of her, one of, you know, San Antonio history. This is crazy. One of my mom's best friends went to, to um, not Joskis, but the other really Frost Brothers. Frost Brothers. Frost Brothers. <laughs> and they were hiring, they were hiring people in their in their like where they sew and and what do you call it? Fix things or alteration. Tailoring, yeah. Yeah, tailoring and alterations. And and my mom's friend just like went and applied. She didn't even know how to use a, a sewing machine. She said, she said, I know how to do this. I can do it. And she ended up working there for like 30 years. Wow. You just like, you know, like, so my mom had strong women friends and I saw them. They were my comadres that I grew up with. I'm going, you know, and they'd laugh about those stories. Like first, you know, you say, sure, I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> and then you get in, it's like, hmm. Say yes and figure out how later. Say, si puede. Say, si se puede. You go in and you, <laughs> you know, like you figure out how it's done. Like, you know, it's like, wow, the tenacity of, of this kind of thinking. But and my mom thought that way too. 
there, my mom's life would have been impossible. And she kept always pushing her boundaries to give us a better life. And I can't think of a better way to bring this interview to a close that where we started the very beginning with your parents and your family and the love that your parents had and they gave you. And Tish, I just love you so much. It's really brings tears to my heart and my eyes that we I got to live my dream and not only know you but to make music with you and we have more music to make there's more to come more to come but before we leave uh tish we want to put up her website you can keep up with tish everything right here mike can you bring up tish's website mundotish.com you guys, she has 17 albums and every one of them, you heard just a taste of what she does. She's an amazing artist for, you know, so be sure and go to Mundo Tish and, and get all her music. And um, before long, she and we will be out on the road. And so come and join us. We and so look forward to that. Me too. Me too. Well, Tish Hinojosa, I love you so much, Amiga de Corazón. And we're going to go on to a honky-tonk trivia on honoring you. Thank you. I love you. I love you, too. Well, here we go, you guys. We are at the time for the honky-tonk trivia. You guys got to hear this amazing song, Adonde Voy, Adonde Voy, <laughs> I'm speaking Spanglish here, uh, that Tish wrote. She recorded it. And then Linda Ronstadt heard it and recorded it. Um, but there was always this magical version that Tish did. And if you can believe it or not, it became a multi-platinum hit in some country around the world. So tonight's Honky Tonk trivia question is, what foreign country was Tish Hinojosa's song, Adonde Voy, Where I Go, a multi-platinum hit? Was it A, China? Was it B, Italy? Was it C, Mexico? Was it D, South Korea? Was it E, Switzerland? Was it F, Chile? I'm going to ask you again, and I'm going to tell you guys, the winner tonight is going to win their very own Honky Tonk Mariachi Chocolate con chili pepper, honky-tonk chocolate. You guys, this is some amazing chocolate, and we're going to send it to you if you win. So the question of the night is, what foreign country was Tish Hinojosa's song, Adonde Voy, Where I Go, a multi-platinum hit? Was it A, China? Was it B, Italy? Was it C, Mexico? Was it D, South Korea? Was it, the answer is, did we have an, Did we have someone out there? Does anybody think they know the answer? <laughs> Mike, did you just give them the answer? I wanna know what anybody is thinking out there. Once again, I'm going to repeat the question, you guys. What foreign country was Tish Hinojosa, Adonde Voy, a multi-platinum hit? Was it China, A? Was it B, Italy? Was it C, Mexico? Was it D, South Korea? Or was it E, Switzerland, or F, Chile? 
Now, who is going to win the Honky Tonk Chocolate tonight? I don't know. Mike might have given up the, the answer. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you guys, we are going to move on and show you this brand new merch video that we have. We have an amazing things from this Honky Tonk Chocolate. I have fun in the sun sombreros that are the most amazing gifts to give to people or to yourself, ladies, to celebrate International Women's Day for yourself or Mother's Day coming up. And then I'm going to be singing one more song live with Mr. Patterson Barrett. But check out the merch that we have here. We hope you're enjoying this broadcast of Dreamers Road with Stephanie Urbina-Jones and the Honky Tonk Mariachi. You can support the Dreamers Road through music and merchandise. Visit www.honkytonkmariachi.com. Well, we are back. And the answer to that Honky Tonk trivia question is D, South Korea, you guys. Can you believe that? Like, Tish is a giant superstar in a lot of places around the world, but especially South Korea. <laughs> if we get to go there with her. Well, you guys, before we end tonight, I wanted to invite Patterson Barrett hey. and to sing a new song to you that um, is going to be on my next Honky Tonk Mariachi album. Um, muchísimas gracias, you guys. We'll see you two weeks down the Dreamer's Road. This is Until We Meet Again. Subscribe, share us, and like us. Don't you cry This is not goodbye Let the love we have Put a smile on your face Remember I am Just take all away
down the dreamer's road from my heart to yours. Adios, mis amigos. Muchisimas gracias, y'all. Thank you for watching The Dreamer's Road with Stephanie Urbina-Jones and the Honky Tonk Mariachi. You can keep up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and by everything at honkytonkmariachi.com. Remember, above all, some dreams are worth dreaming a lifetime to live. Muchísimas gracias. Adios, mis amigos.